You are listening to the Quarter Transmissions. Or leave episode 11. Just what the doctor ordered. Right, doctor? I couldn't have prescribed better. Welcome to our first post-Las Vegas Convention Shore Leave episode. We've got a lot to talk about tonight with an incredible panel. I'm your host, Jeff Hewlett, and with me is one of only a few select women who can go from an augmented superhuman to an intergalactic cheerleader to a Star Trek redneck and still manage to make it to the Masquerade Bar every single night. My esteemed co-host on Shore Leave, Heather Barker, is here. Superpowers. That's what it is. Cosplay powers. <laughs> A lot of fun, but I'm exhausted. So I just really wanted to thank everybody that came out to the Tricorder Transmissions birthday party that we had. Um, it was it was one of the highlights of my trip, and we really enjoyed getting to see friends and new faces um, and all the people who wore our shirts. Uh, that was super awesome. It means a lot to us that so many people went and bought shirts, and having them all in the same room and getting to spend that time one-on-one uh, was just super meaningful. We plan to do it again next year, and I don't know if we'll have a different shirt, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, we, it, I, we the group photos, it was all just super awesome, so thank you, everybody, for coming out. Next up is the highest-ranking officer on the show, self-appointed or otherwise. It's our Tavacron co-host and frequent shore leave guest, the indispensable Admiral Claire Little. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Good to be with you guys. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Very good. Made it home safe? Yes. yes. Excellent. And our fourth chair for the evening is a man who makes his living on the high seas and hopes to one day be assigned to the possibly decommissioned floating enterprise it is Mr. Ian Adams. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? Excellent, excellent. Uh, good to have you on the show. I Just a, a quick soft announcement here. We have yet to formally announce this on the Tricorder Transmissions. We're going to have a little bit of a, a festive supplemental log coming up here uh, later in the week. So Ian Adams is going to be our new co-chair for our Gold Key comic series. We are very proud to have him on board the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, we are looking forward to it. And uh, keep your ears peeled for our first Gold Key release coming in the next few weeks. So, guys, I have the burning question. Uh, now that we've all been settling back in for about a week from our trip to Las Vegas, does anybody out there still have the con blues? Heather, still have the oh, con yeah. blues? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... I think that I was actually just in shock for a few days, <laughs> um, and and now I'm just super sad. So I'm I'm pretty excited to be here talking to you guys because it helps at least a little bit, right? For sure, it's nice to actually be able to hear all of your voices again after a week of being separated. Claire, you you have any con blues left? Um, a little bit. I mean, it was. I have to say this though. It is nice to be home. I miss all of you guys. I miss all the the fun, but I do. I, I yeah. I, I like being home. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Smith, I'm sure missed you too. Yes, oh, yeah. he did. As you missed him, uh, Mr. Adams, Con Blues. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a there's a friend of mine at the con that um, 
I think really summed it up perfectly. And she said that like, it was okay for the con to be over, but I wish that we would have had a few more days just after the con in Mm. Vegas to continue hanging out. I think Heather and I had a similar discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I've been nursing my post con hangover with bouts of smash burger (laughs) here in New Jersey. I've eaten it twice here and I rarely eat fast food when I'm home, but I've had the craving for smash burger twice in a week today, in fact, I had Smashburger for lunch, so uh, just kind of time traveled back a week. Me too. We had it had it together in a way. <laughs> yeah, sort of, kind of. I was I was telling Heather this morning. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go to Smashburger. It's been a week since we were all together and had Smashburger. So you know what? What the hell? I did not have time to have it tonight, but I'll tell you what. I know exactly where the Smashburger is located. <laughs> the nearest one to my house. Peanut and, butter uh, shakes are coming. Oh, my God. I have told at least three people about that darn milkshake. It was so good. <laughs> that was a good milkshake. For a, for a chain burger joint, that, that was an exceptionally good milkshake. Heather, I know yeah. you got milkshakes, too. What, what what kind of shakes did you get? I got the salted caramel one, and I think I got it twice there. And today, I felt like getting an Oreo one, um, and it was not as good. Mm-hmm. But overall... Still good. They're from Colorado, so I get the authentic smash burger here. <laughs> Not the cheap knockoff smash burger yeah. here in New Jersey. <laughs> what is smash burger from Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. They started wow. out here years ago and I they've they've really kind of just changed their menu, I think. Um, because when I used to go, I didn't really care for it all that much. Um I'm kind of a five guys girl when I do eat that food and that's from the East coast. Yeah. We have that here in Jersey. Yeah. So, um, and I will say that the milkshakes at five guys are better than smash burger. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't eat that kind of food all that often, but today just felt like the right day and it was really yummy and my dogs got some fries. So they're happy. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any fast food on the ship? Ian? Uh, well, no, there's just, we have a chef, God, makes so much food and like all of it's good. I mean, today we had pulled pork for lunch mm. that had been like smoked for seven hours. Wow. And... Wow. I was yeah. like an Ernest goes to camp kind of thing. Not quite. No, no. <laughs> we have like a professional chef who's, uh, you know, lives on the ship and. Has your has your chef ever accidentally been merged with another being in a transporter accident? <laughs> no, no, no? And, and tragically hasn't uh, hasn't either been played by Jonathan Frakes either. <laughs> oh yes! Oh god, that is that's a yeah. <laughs> Hashtag deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Brandon Braga is so gracious whenever a fan inevitably asks him what he was thinking when he wrote that episode. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon Braga, did anybody else catch the 50 years of Star Trek last night? No, I, I recorded it, but I haven't gotten to watch it yet. Yeah, I, I have to say I, I uh, saw the, some of the reactions to it from people who were watching it earlier than me because they were in a different time zone. Uh, I am on the West Coast. And it was kind of lukewarm. And frankly, when I saw some of the Trek Corps mentions that they were using like photoshopped fan <laughs> pictures and yeah. stuff, I kind of was just like, you know what? I'm sure I know more about the 50 years of Star Trek than whoever put this together. So why bother? Right. You, I mean, yeah, I, I tend to think you're you're probably right. I watched the whole thing and there were some really nice interview 
uh, bits with Nimoy on there that kind of made it worth watching mm. for me. But the the facts that they put out there were all you know well well known by, yeah. by anyone who's a even a middling Trek fan who, who does a little bit of research. But it was nice to see that you got two hours on the History Channel to commemorate the 50th anniversary. And, you know, overall, it was it was a good watch. Good to know that Star Trek got, you know, 10% of the coverage of like a Sasquatch sighting or a, <laughs> an alien, some sort of alien historical whatever, <laughs> you know, ghost hunting. Hey, nice of the History Channel to, to take time out of its Sasquatch slash ghost hunting days. Slash Hitler. Yeah, slash yes. Hitler. Oh my God, yeah. So many what did world? What did Hitler... Uh, freaks do during those two hours they must have been going through withdrawal not getting to learn more about <laughs> they had history channel on demand yeah nazi super weapon or something <laughs> yeah. and aliens in the occult yeah which you know it all comes together uh, right. right so rolling back <laughs> <laughs> rolling back to the convention we've got so much stuff to talk about i don't know how we're going to cram it all in but i guess why don't we start with some of the most obvious topics uh, on the docket so how about some favorite STLV memories? How about Claire? What are some of your favorite memories from this last convention? Well, there are a lot of celebrities at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas. That's kind of one of the draws. Hmm. And I'm usually pretty gawky and weird around the celebrities, and I don't like go up to them or anything. But I did have a really cool celebrity moment this hmm. year, and it's it's going to stick with me. And in fact, I thought about it while I was watching Star Trek at home earlier the, uh over the weekend, uh, I got to meet someone who was on the show Enterprise nice. and actually watch the episode of Enterprise oh, with this person. <laughs> <laughs> this person was, yeah, that this, uh, this, this actor was in, and it was a really special moment for me. <laughs> I think there's some okay. photographs to commemorate that, yeah, aren't there? There are, yeah, and I have to say, I was kind of disappointed. This actor, um, he didn't look really that excited to be in these pictures. He looked kind of <laughs> like he was so over it, really sick of being recognized, really sick of people going, oh, my God, hey, you were on that episode of Enterprise, weren't you? But he and, was really and still kind. charging forty dollars for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it was kind of crazy, but he was really kind enough to to watch this episode with us. And even, in fact, there was like a special fan dinner experience um, <laughs> that you know I don't know how often he lets fans come back to his hotel room and eat dinner with him, but I and a select group of other people got to have that experience. It was really special. Okay, the jig is up. We we got to watch Awakenings <laughs> with Enterprise Extra and get our picture taken, and it was fun. I think all of us were there, weren't we? <laughs> we all were, yeah. Uh, honestly, though, those room parties where we watched Star Trek were the best. They Absolutely yeah. the best. Incredible. Yeah. Totally agree. So we can skip the rest of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Heather, favorite con memories from this past? Oh, man. There, there are a lot. Um... I enjoy doing all the cosplay that I did. I think that one of my favorite things that I took with me was our pride group. I was really, really happy with how many people came out. I think we had like 40 people or something. I didn't count, so I don't know. But um, if you look at the pictures that are going around, there was there was quite a nice turnout. And I was really happy to see that um, people in the community and people there to support us. Um, it was it meant a lot. And we walked around for a little bit and took photos and it was just 
very, very good thing. Um, and I have to agree with Claire. Um, our, our little group spent a lot of time just in, in rooms. We had our tricorder um, third birthday party in yeah. Andy Clark's room. And uh, I really... Like now that we've done that, I don't think I can go back to doing the con without those nights. It was just, it was, it's, it's what it, it's what STLV is about for me, um, which we'll, we'll talk about more down the road, these friendships and, um, you know, there's, there's what, 6,000 people that were there this year, they said, and we have this, this small little family getting to spend time with everybody was really the highlight of the entire week and I can't wait to do it again. Definitely. I get, you kind of flipped my hand for me. My, probably my favorite memory would be the third anniversary tricorder transmissions party. It was, it, it was a surreal experience for me to finally be in one room with all of our tricorder transmissions hosts in the same place. I mean, I don't know if everybody out there in listener land knows, but all of us are very spread out across mm-hmm. the country. And, uh, you know, Craig, who I started the show with three years ago, lived in New Jersey with me. And we, when we first started recording the show, we recorded together in Craig's condo uh, with our couple of microphones watching Star Trek together. And it was kind of our humble beginnings. And he moved to Vegas a while back. And, um, you know, Claire came aboard, Heather came aboard, and most recently Ian came aboard but we're all kind of spread out. No one sees each other really. And uh, just being together with you guys in the same room just for that short amount of time was really special for me. It was nice to be able to talk to everybody and take a picture of all of us together. And uh, it was a very heartwarming moment for me. So that that's one of probably my favorite memory from the convention. So before I get too emotional, let's pass it over to Ian. <laughs> Well, uh, God, I mean, the, yeah, the room parties definitely were, um, they were a big change this year and, and really added a lot to the experience because it was just a chance for all of us to get to hang out. But we did have some great sort of hangout moments outside of the rooms too. I remember the, uh, the eye bar and a very awkward <laughs> game. Of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I say the name of it? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So celebrity <clears throat> exclamation point. <laughs> bang and, uh, is not a bad word. Yeah, bang on. Celebrity no. bang, everybody. All right. Celebrity bang. And uh, a whole bunch of the uh, actors who played characters that we were bracketing uh, were standing there and learned of the game that we were playing while it was in session. Mm. And it was very awkward and hilarious. And uh, and I think Brian said that we're no longer allowed to uh, create the bracket without him there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was. Well, the four, the the final four were, was it to Paul, Esri, somebody else, and the Horta. <laughs> I'm trying to read it. Okay, I have it right in front of me. Nice. nice. Heather has it. I have it, and I'm trying to read Sue's handwriting, and I know that Jadzia is on here, Ezri is on here, yeah, Jayla, and Jayla I guess Jayla was in the final right. four. That's I guess it, it was Paul, Jayla, Ezri, and the Horta. Yeah, I yeah. Think Jayla won. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Jayla won. It was Ezri and Jayla, and then champion is Jayla. 
Can I ask a controversial question? Sure. Do you think Esri would have made it as far in the bracket as she did if the actress playing her hadn't been standing literally over our shoulders while we were playing it? Well, it was, it was, let's see. I'm trying to like go back through who she was up against the whole time. Yeah, she was up. I mean, the bracket was weird. There were some very unusual matchups and also some like really, maybe she would have, but. She was up against T'Pol at one point. I remember trying to engineer it so that she would face off against uh, acting Grand Nagus Brunt. (laughs) (laughs) And and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for you meddling kids choosing Horta over Brunt. Scooby-Doo reference. Nice. (laughs) The fact that both the Horta and Brunt made it more than one round is kind of amazing. I don't remember who Brunt was up against at one point, but I actually voted for Brunt over whoever because it gosh who was brunt up against someone even worse fine kiss i think brunt and kiss oh that's right that's how brunt i actually voted for brunt and that because kiss is a two and a half year old so (laughs) basically anybody wins against that that was a great rant claire (laughs) then it was brunt and the horda okay so yeah um we play this game it's a lot of fun thanks knack to introducing celebrity bang to us um we did not play enough of it we only played one game and uh we will play more of it next year uh in the privacy of somebody's room (laughs) (laughs) right maybe maybe not with people who played characters that we're going through standing right next to us and let's be clear to anyone listening, it really was the characters, not the actors that we were yeah. uh, ranking. So yeah. just in case it seems extra creepy, we were not actually talking about the people who happened to be standing nearby, just characters they had played. So, so this was a super popular game at STLV 2015. I remember playing this almost mm-hmm. every night. Yep. I printed yeah. off like 10 bracket sheets and we just never, never did it. Except that one night. But yeah, I don't I don't know. We were all doing other stuff, I guess. And I don't know. But we just have to make a point. It's it's something that's a lot of fun to do um, for our listeners just to bring these little games because it's a good icebreaker. Like you can get anybody involved in playing it. Um, we've done it with Star Trek characters. We've done it with just like sci-fi characters. And um, yeah. So, you know what? I, I had another topic lined up to follow this this first initial question, but another thing has popped into my head that I figure we can just throw out there really quick. But something that I remember talking about quite a bit at the convention was the, the kind of the different vibe uh, that there was at the Masquerade Bar than previous years. And I know a lot, of you, a lot of you guys felt kind of the same way and we couldn't really put our finger on it. Claire, do you Could you figure out exactly what was different? No. Thinking back on it, I feel like there may have just been fewer people there or that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was just sort of the conversation didn't flow as easily in Mm -hmm. years past. I don't know how else to describe it. And I think that's one reason that we all ended up gravitating towards the watch parties, because it was just the group of people that we wanted to hang out with and that we were having fun with and people came and went and we were happy to have kind of people coming in and out. And I don't know, it something about the masquerade just seemed off. Yeah, I agree. I had far, far fewer Trek conversations at masquerade than in previous years. Ian 
did you feel the same thing? Um, well, so I've only had the one previous year, uh, to compare it against, but, um, it seemed to me, I'd actually have to, have to disagree and say that it seemed more crowded. Mm. Uh, there were a lot less times where we were able to actually get up on the platform. It seemed like most of the time we were spending kind of out in the, you know, in the walkway over by the, the, um, slot machines and stuff. Cause that was just yeah. all all the space that we could get. I, I, well, yeah, I also didn't do, um, as much drinking from the bar. Mm-hmm. I don't think any as last year. <laughs> yeah. I bought one drink at the masquerade bar. Now that I think yeah. about it, that's it. <laughs> well, I bought zero. Heather, did you buy any drinks at the masquerade this year? I don't think so. Maybe one. Uh, mm, no, I don't I don't think I did. I um, I think it was just a mix of the fact that there were so many new people, which is a good thing. I was really happy that despite all of the, the upset over the sold out tickets and a lot of regulars not getting them, I was happy to meet a lot of new people this year. Um, I, it was really good. And so there were new people and we were spread out more. I think that just like we all went over to Ibar a couple of times, um, everybody really utilized the, the other bars. I think there's the shutter bar at the other end, um, by the smash burger. People might've been there. This was, this year was the first year I'd ever been to the I bar, by the way. Me too. Yeah. So really? that, it never was even in, like discussed as an option in previous years that I can recall. Maybe it was, and I just wasn't privy to that, but. No, and I don't remember who suggested we go over there <laughs> this year. <laughs> I don't remember either. Uh, but I know like Jesse for one had, he had his meetup over there for like the newbie people, um, the same night that we were having kind of the unofficial meetup, which, you know, is really just any night go to masquerade, you will meet people. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I know that Jesse had people go over there and, you know, a, a lot of people do what we do and they wind up in their own groups during their, doing their own thing, um, going down to different events. You know, there are people that are at those gold chair parties and captain's chair parties, so they're not there at the bar. I know for me, I just really, I really preferred seeking out that quiet time. Like, I wanted to go down to the bar just to see see everyone else. Um, you know, you guys tend to monopolize my time because we're all such close friends, and yeah. that that's great. But I wanted to see other people, too, so I just made sure to get down there. But overall, I was a little overstimulated. I was in pain a lot. And so I really preferred the quiet room time. So, yeah, I think it was just new people and people spread out different places. I kind of I, I have to agree with Claire. Sorry. You know, I have to kind of agree with Claire. I think the, the room, the room parties for me were definitely the highlight because I think this was all the people that we had a lot of fun with the previous years, all in the same place and kind of, you know, the pizza hanging out, watching Trek together, just shooting the breeze, I think was a really cool new addition to our uh, our STLV repertoire. Well, it's, that's, and it, it sort of um, fixed the one thing that we've all sort of joked about in previous uh, years, which is the one week of the year that you watch the least Star Trek is the <laughs> week that you're at a Star Trek convention <laughs> because they don't have it showing anywhere. And so which is kind of bizarre. Um, so we, we fixed that and actually managed to watch some Star Trek while at a convention. Um, I also think we probably, or at least for me, 
we talked the most about Star Trek while watching yeah. it, which makes sense. <clears throat> but yeah, the conversation, with some exceptions, the conversation at the masquerade or the I-bar didn't really feel like we were talking about Star Trek very much, which is okay. It's not like there's a rule that that's the only thing you could talk about. But um, I just remember in years past being a lot more kind of like deep, hardcore, goofy Star mm-hmm. Trek discussion. And it's, I mean, we, I think a big part of it was the games. Like we didn't, we played Celebrity Bang like four times last three or four times. And the other game. (laughs) Yeah, we, I didn't play any F. Mary Kill this year, which is weird. But I, I wonder also if, at least for me, I've kind of exhausted the bizarre combinations for that game because oh, i always want to trend towards the weird yeah. the weird is the best and at some point when you're when you're talking about the doomsday machine as one of the <laughs> options you you, <laughs> you can't really go anywhere else from that yeah. so we got into ships and shuttlecrafts other inanimate yeah, objects yeah planets, planets. Yeah. like i don't yeah. even know does it physically how does that work i don't yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> oh man now i'm I don't think we can talk about the exact conversation around that. Giant hands. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, I I think that next year, you know, we'll revisit it and see what it's like. But I think that these room parties might be the way to go. And we've talked so much about them that now we're getting requests from friends that want to come hang out with us, too. So our room is only so big. But I think that maybe just, you know, putting that idea out there for people um, mm-hmm. who are also finding these little groups that they bond to. It's it's something to really try out um, if you can get Star Trek set up on your TV like we did um, or even just like bringing a game like Star Trek's Trivial Pursuit or something. Those things are really fun to do. Yeah. 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 So, all right, so let's move on to our next topic, and I think this is probably one of the really big, big topics that we we need to cover, and that is the cosplay topic, and I guess we can talk through some of our own cosplays. I think most of us did some sort of cosplay, uh, at least in some capacity, so I know, Heather, you had, I think, the most (laughs) cosplay out of all of us, so let's start with you. I think you had, what, four or five Cosplays? Um, I had four group cosplays, and then I got to escort Santa Gorn around, um, <laughs> which is probably the most relaxing of everything I did. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of went all out, and so I did. We did the Augment group, um, which I was really happy with because the first time that we did it two years ago, we all knew each other. Uh, we were people that had gone to the convention before, and I wouldn't say we're, we're all like super close-knit, but we all knew each other pretty well. And this year, we had a lot of new people join the group. Um, a lot of the old people didn't come or didn't do it, so we had several new people, and it was a lot of fun. I was super happy because, again, that's a really easy cosplay for everybody to make. They they kept wearing it. They really seemed to enjoy being augments. And I know that uh, Jay and his friends are going to do it again next year. So, you know, the augment group just might continue to to grow and be something that happens every year. And then we did the the Pride cosplay event on Thursday. And again, that just blew me away because we had like 40 people there. I wish I had been a little better organized. Um, I was already a little overwhelmed by Thursday. Um, Again, I had some pain issues, not fibro, but something completely different. So I was hurting and I was just 
in a place. And so I was very fortunate. My friend Emily helped me out and got everybody together to do our picture. And I was able to say a few words. And then we walked around and, and did some more photos. But I definitely want to do some better organized events and maybe more than one. There was also a breakfast, I think, that my friend Patrick hosted. Um, so stuff like that, I think, is really great to do. And then, oh, gosh. So Friday was cheer fleet. <laughs> And it was a ton of fun. It was another big group. It grows every year. I have to say that I am so extremely proud of the diversity in that group. We have like every color of the rainbow in there, every spectrum. It's, I'm just so proud of it. I don't know what else to say. Um, and our, our, our big thing was that we got to go on stage with Chase Masterson and present the uniform to her. Um, we had all gotten together to buy her a uniform with the pom-poms because she's been so supportive of Cheer Fleet. We had no idea that we were going to get to like come out in front of her and do a cheer for her. So that was really, really awesome. I was exhausted <laughs> by Saturday, so I think I was just pretty chill for a while. And then I threw on my um, Anovos TOS dress and, and, and escorted Santa Gorn around. And then Sunday we did our, I like to call it hillbilly trek. Technically, it's redneck trek. That is Brian Knack's idea. It was obscure and weird and people looked at us funny, but it was so much fun. And it was just a bunch of us that are close. And uh, our friend Frankie over in the UK brought her her horse head. So <laughs> we randomly found her and she wore the horse head in several of the photo ops we did and ran around with us. So it was a lot of fun. And I think that next year I will probably do a bit a bit less cosplay, or I certainly won't be the, um, the you know, spearheading all of those groups. Um, I really liked that very casual cosplay with a couple friends, so I might do that again. Um, but it was it was pretty exhausting, but very rewarding. So, Ian, I know you didn't do any cosplay yourself, but do you have any favorite cosplays that you saw at your time during the con? Oh, there were a few. Yeah, there was the guy who was. Uh... Uh, running around as Christopher Pike. I know Claire remembers the one mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Run, running is not the right word for it, though. <laughs> yeah, right. He was he was scootering around. Yeah. And and just beeping yes or no once for yes, mm -hmm. twice for no. I forget how it was. And uh, that was really great. And the makeup that he had was great. But but the the chair itself, the Christopher Pike yes no chair, was just. That was that was phenomenal. There was there was an M113 creature, the salt vampire that I thought was really good. Oh, and the uh, the the paper mache Baylock. Yes. Yes. I didn't see that. Oh, it was yeah, so good. Yeah, it was big. <laughs> was was that Jeff's Baylock or was that different? I don't know I... who it was cuz I only saw it when they were on stage. They it was during the panel when they had all of the, uh, the the Trek alien actors. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Dang it. I saw some pictures of it. I'll have to go look through some albums because I haven't even run across it yet. And that's like one of my favorite things. So I'm going to have to find it. Did any of you guys see that that Tholian cosplay? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was yeah. amazing. Heather and I yeah. were in the elevator with those people like nice. the day before they did it. And we didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just remember seeing a bunch of like orange 
things. And then the next day I realized, oh, that's that was the Tholian. And then they gave it away. Like they posted in the Facebook group that they didn't want to take it with them. So they were just giving it away. And you guys could have had a Tholian costume to take home. God, totally missed an opportunity there. I think you could fit that in your quarters on the ship. Oh, easily. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, Claire, I know you scaled back on your cosplays this year, but that didn't stop you from creating a brand new cosplay. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so I just made myself a um, an original series era admiral's tunic. You know, you never see any women in command or, or admiralty roles, so I thought I would make one. And I also made the General Order 7 red folder thing saying not to go to Talos 4, so I carried that around, and it was pretty fun. I did run into the Christopher Pike guy and showed it to him, and he was really pleased with that, so that was cool. My philosophy for cosplay has always been that it's got to be something I want to wear all day once I put it on in the morning, so I like stuff that's comfortable and, like, I'm not going to be a Tholian, I'll just say right now. <laughs> someone someone who is a Tholian, more power to him, but I'll never be that co- kind of cosplayer because I'm just too lazy and... It would seem burdensome, and then it's not fun for me anymore. So, but yeah, it was it was pretty low key. I was sewing that darn admiral's tunic at twelve thirty at night, the day before I was supposed to f- be up at five in the morning and flying to Las Vegas. So that I could have done a little differently. I totally underestimated the amount of time it would take me to sew it because I'm slow uh, at sewing. But <laughs> <laughs> but it, in the end, it got finished, so that was good. And I just want to shout out, there were a couple of people who were dressed as T'Pring this year, and they were all really amazing. But there was one gal in particular, I don't know who she was, so I can't really specifically say a good shout out. But I think she was French or French-Canadian. She definitely had a French accent. She was an amazing T'Pring. There you go. Very cool. So how about, are there any other cosplays that you saw while you were there that you were really impressed with? I hate to say no. That's not to say I wasn't impressed. I mean, there were a lot of really amazing, you know, every, everyone who does any sort of cosplay, you know, they're being creative and they're they're doing something cool. But yeah, like I said, the T'Prings and a couple of T'Pows and they were like walking around together. Those stood out in my mind. You know, there are always people who are dressed as Borg and everything. Although I have to say, sometimes they're a little over the top. Can I say that? <laughs> it's like, it's like it goes, I, I, I think the Borg queen would say, actually, it's not very efficient to have that much stuff on a Borg. At some, at some point, it becomes anti-Borg ethos to be like a walking hardware store. But anyway, maybe you should cut that part in case anyone's listening. <laughs> it's not anybody we know. It's not anybody. I know. I have one, one, which I didn't get to actually see her in it. I just saw pictures. um, But our friend Amber, who did Red Trek, Redneck Trek with us, um, was an idic. That was awesome. And yeah, I don't know what I was doing Saturday morning that I completely missed the car. I guess I was sleeping, guys. Um, I I think the the costume parade was what, at like 830? Yeah, Uh, which is the worst. Timing ever. Yeah, I was really, you know, side note, uh, I actually slept in most days. I did not get up at five or seven a.m. every morning, um, despite going to bed earlier, even. So um, I missed it and I didn't know she was doing it. 
So when I saw the pictures in the days afterward, I was like, oh my gosh, that is the most awesome thing ever. So uh, props there to Amber. I think your cosplay is awesome and I appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. That was pretty cool to see. I really enjoyed that. I think she really got a lot of attention and praise at the costume contest with that as well. Well deserved. Extremely. Extremely. I, I um, forgive me. I, I'm forgetting the name of this character. And I know someone's going to to chime in with this. and I'm going to feel silly that I forgot it. But there was a guy that was playing the tar monster that killed. Tar Armus. 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 Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm such an idiot. Uh, why couldn't I remember that? But I remember walking past him and thinking that's got to be the hottest costume <laughs> to wear. <laughs> I mean, I know how hot I was. And I was looking at that guy going, God, that's like like rubber latex wrapped all around him. And he's got like, I don't know how he was breathing out of that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who it was. But, you know, speaking of being hot in your in your costume, Jeff, what what was your cosplay? Oh, good Lord. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So I decided after a lot of pressure from some people (laughs) that I won't name that I would finally give in and do some some sort of cosplay. And uh, I'd, I'd had a Gorn mask laying around that I had bought for Halloween a couple of years ago. And I it's been sitting in my closet forever and I haven't used it for anything. So I was trying to figure out a way. Sure, for Halloween. I did, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so and I knew there were other people doing Gorns there and I, I kind of didn't want to do the same thing. So I was trying to figure out what I could do with that Gorn mask. And I, I don't know when it came to me, but I decided that I would get a Santa suit and throw the Gorn mask on with a Santa hat and kind of just go out and walk around as Santa Gorn. And I, I just kind of a thrown together at the last minute sort of thing. But it it turned out much better than I really could have ever imagined that it would have. Um, I met so many really incredible people uh, while I was doing it. And uh, some of the highlights are probably the Akutas stopping me in the hallway and, and doing a little miniature photo shoot with me. And uh, the Mark Cushman's folks at, at his table uh, doing a little photo shoot, kind of stashing one of their books in my bag. <laughs> um, little kids walking up and, and giving me hugs kind of randomly. And it was kind of an emotional experience. Having never done any sort of cosplay before, I think that I finally, finally get it. <laughs> I kindly, I finally understand what you guys uh, experience when you do these things. And um, there were some very emotional moments for me. There were a lot of laughs, a lot of great pictures that have been showing up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Shatner tweeted a picture of me. Yep. I don't know where he got it from. Uh, it wasn't a retweet. It was an actual tweet uh, that he sent out. Um, somehow I made it onto some kind of a CNET list mm-hmm. <laughs> of costumes. <laughs> uh, and thankfully, Heather, you walked around with me on the last day so that I could actually get some pictures of myself because I was unable to take pictures of myself uh, while I was in costume. Uh, But it was nice to have some of the pictures of myself sitting on the captain's chair uh, in the transporter and uh, in the Borg regeneration chamber. I don't think we did anything by the Guardian of Forever. No, I don't think we did. We probably should have, but... Next year. Yeah, next year. Um, I, I got to see Bobby Clark while I was in costume. That was a fun conversation because I didn't speak. <laughs> while I, was in, I kind of just gestured and nodded uh, while I was in costume. I, I don't think I spoke to anybody at all, but it was really, um, really, really fun. And I've had a couple of people ask me if I was going to bring it back next year. And 
Maybe maybe I'll do it. Uh, I did actually discard the Santa suit. Uh, it was not really a Santa suit that was meant to be worn multiple times. And by the end of the convention, it was kind of frayed and starting to fall apart. So um, I figured I'd just leave it there in Las Vegas. So maybe the housekeeper is going to show up in a Santa suit. <laughs> Can I, I have to chime in here because... Um, I think it really speaks volumes of of what cosplay can become to a person. And for someone who had never done anything to kind of spur of the moment, put this together, and which I don't think you mentioned that you had the buttons to hand out. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't mention that. Um, and that was pretty neat. So when people came up to you, they, you know, asked for your picture, did the picture, and then you gave them the little Santa Gorn button, um, which was just such a nice touch. Like, I was so blown away by Jeff here because <laughs> it was just so thoughtful. Like, it was just such awesome. a thoughtful thing to do. And when I got to walk around with Santa Gorn, I got to experience myself seeing some of that fun magic. And, like, watching the little kids, it was the most adorable thing because they all wanted – they all wanted – they weren't afraid. Like, they all wanted to come up and see Santa Gorn. Um, so many people smiled while Santa Gorn was walking by. It was just – even for just a bystander, it was such a cool experience. And I've seen numerous people commenting about it, pictures popping up everywhere. So it just it just blows my mind. And it wasn't I mean, you didn't even make it, you know, it was no. a Santa suit and and the, the mask and a bag and some buttons. So you don't have to be intimidated by the thought of making some giant cosplay um, just like with the augments like you can throw something together and I feel like everyone I know who has not done cosplay and then tries it out for the first time never goes back no even if it's yeah. just something for one day <laughs> the next year they still do it and the great thing about Star Trek is that there's it's so you have so many things to choose from that frankly, you could wear jeans and a t-shirt and be in cosplay. And I know that sounds like, no, you're not. Maybe you're playing Sarah Silverman's character yeah. from that episode of Voyage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can be subtle. It's kind of a bummer sometimes if not a lot of people get a really deep cut cosplay that you're proud of because I've been there. It's like, Neh. but what's cool is like there's a level of skill and ability for anybody in star mm -hmm. trek it's yeah. you could you can go all out and be a solian or an idic or you can just be the the plexiglass guy in Dr. star Nichols. trek 4 <laughs> and it totally works like you can do something that's comfortable or that's easy or that's really complicated and really skilled and but you're going to make someone's day regardless of what you're wearing because at least one yeah. person will get it and be yeah. excited about it or they just might say, I don't know what you are, but I want to take a photo like our redneck. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah. some people were like, oh, they get it. Some people don't. I had like the whiskey bottle I found on, <laughs> on Etsy, which I paid like 40 bucks for and I got it and I opened the box and it was just like an ashtray came out. I mean, it was so disgusting. It smelled <laughs> so bad. And I tried forever to get the smoke smell out and I couldn't. But like that was it was a great 40 bucks that I spent. I'm very happy with it because it really it really brought it together. But I mean, I didn't make anything. Well, I made my hat. I got a little cowboy hat, and put a bunch of pins on it. But that I mean, I safety pin them. It wasn't like a big ordeal. There's such a spectrum of things that you can do. So I just really encourage if you have an interest 
to just try something because I think you'll be I think you'll be happy in the end. I agree. And I I will confess that my Santa suit was fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. <laughs> I bought a pair of military grade white gloves and I wrapped a white pillowcase around my neck so that you couldn't see my neck under the Gorn mask. And that was pretty much it. And um, it, it just it worked out. You know, that just goes to show you, I mean, you guys have said it already. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to be an expert seamstress to create something. And that was my kind of my hang up for the last couple of years is like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to create anything. I, I'm not a, I'm not really great at sewing. I'm not that imaginative with that kind of thing. But, you know, when push came to shove and I was like, let me just figure something out. It worked out. And I, I don't think there's going to be another con that I don't do at least some kind of cosplay. Yay. Awesome. If anybody can figure out how to cosplay an ugly bag of mostly water, can you tell me? Because <laughs> I've wanted to do that for years. I have no idea how to do it and have it not just literally be me wearing like a waterbed. <laughs> but I want to cosplay an ugly bag of mostly water, like really bad. Really I mean, isn't bad. That what we're all cosplaying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's our everyday cosplay. But no, if there's some way to just like make that apparent as a costume, uh, let me in on the secret. <laughs> you know, there were uh, there were a couple pair cosplays, like P A I R, not <laughs> oh. not not. I see. I knew you were going there. I, um, oh, Jeff. Like, like people, pairs of people who were cosplaying in a theme. Uh, that yeah. were really good. There was I don't know if you saw the uh, the Doctor Chaotica and Queen Arachnia yes. cosplayers. Hmm. They were great. Oh, I and saw there, a, were... there was a Kai Win and a Kai Opaka walking around oh, together. Yeah. And the uh, the both of the women really looked like the actresses and their yeah. whoever I don't know if they made their costumes or if they had them made for them. They were like screen quality, really amazing costumes, very well made. Yeah, I, I only saw them in passing, just in, in the hallway coming out of Quarks, and it, it stopped me in my tracks. They were so yeah. good. I was just, like, standing there staring, like, wow, did you see that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, did you guys catch Rock from What Are Little Girls Made Of? I was really impressed by yes. him. Yeah. Yes. He looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. That yeah. robe was awesome, and the face paint, I mean, it, and he was also a tall big menacing guy so he was perfect for that i told yeah. him how awesome he was and it was i i love that episode so that was really and he tried really to throw you off a cliff <laughs> and then there there were another pair my friends julianne dowell and allison mingle oh yeah uh, cosplayed as lursa and Baytor. nice uh, yes which they they'd been working on their costumes all year and they came out great and it was all for as far as i can tell for the moment of karaoke which was incredible <laughs> They, they got up on stage and saying, you light up my life, which Allison had translated into Klingon. Yeah. And they sang in Klingon. And it was beautiful. There are videos of it, I think, in the group. They were amazing. And you know what really sold that for me? Just what, as they were walking around is their voices. Yeah. I really felt like I was in the presence of Lursa and Bator, which is awesome. And considering how many people dress as Klingons, really special because they didn't just mm. feel like people dressed as Klingons. They really felt like Lursa and Bator to me. And so yeah. they did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was so good. 
Absolutely. So uh, another kind of tangential topic related to cosplay that was kind of a hot button issue on the unofficial Facebook group immediately after the convention, I was going to throw this out there to you guys is uh, there seems to be some question in in some people's minds about what kind of cosplay is acceptable at the Star Trek convention, Uh, more about cosplay that's not related to Star Trek. Uh, being done at a Star Trek convention. There's a small contingent of people who seem to think that's not acceptable. Uh, I was going to throw it out there. I'm sure we're pretty much all on the same page with this. Ian, how do you feel about non-Star Trek cosplay at a Star Trek convention? You know, I didn't really mind it that much. There was, I remember there was one guy that was, uh, he, he had a Darth Vader mask and he'd been mm-hmm. like assimilated by the Borg. And I thought that was kind of funny and clever. You know, I didn't really see a whole lot of it though. And um, I'm not sure I would have minded, like, because, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that was uh, not Star Trek was still, like, you know, kind of uh, crossed over into Star Trek. Like, there was the uh, the one woman who was, um, what was her name, Kaylee from uh, Firefly? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but wearing the Enterprise jumpsuit, like, as well. Uh, yeah. And I thought that was cool. So, uh, you know, I think I'm okay with it. Heather, what do you think about non-Star Trek cosplay? I think people can do whatever they want. <laughs> um, who does it hurt? It doesn't hurt me. Um, it was it was our friend Andrew, who is that amazing Doctor Who. He was great. Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. really looks like Tom Baker. He's amazing. And apparently, you know, he's the one that got some comments and some looks. And I am really, really disappointed with the people who did that. Like, sorry. Sorry to be the mean teacher here or whatever. But that's, that's not the spirit of Star Trek. There's room for everybody. And, you know, no, it, it may not be San Diego Comic-Con. But in the end, who does it hurt? We're all there to have have fun we're there to to get away from life and i have no problem with it so the more the merrier i'm happy to see it all i i agree and you know the funny thing about the doctor who that that kind of struck me is that there was a comic book crossover <laughs> with doctor who and star trek so i mean yep. you know sure it's a stretch and it's non-canon but I don't think it's completely out of bounds. I mean, I think I would I would argue that uh, Doctor Who technically is appropriate cosplay for anything. Yeah, pretty much. Since <laughs> Doctor Who constant is constantly visiting like other dimensions and other things. Mm-hmm. Who's to say he wasn't just Doctor Who at a Star Trek convention? Like, hey, you know what I mean? Doesn't doesn't Doctor Who sort of fit anywhere? Um, I, I was going to say that last – I think last year and the year before, 2014 and 2015, I saw significantly larger amounts of non-Star Trek cosplay at the con than I did this year. Um, I know the Justice League was there. Uh, <laughs> the, we had some Marvel people. We had some Jedi people dressed up as Jedi. Uh, I think I saw a Stormtrooper at some point. Yeah. Uh, there were Minions, I think. The oh, minions there were some this Trek. year. Yeah, the Star Trek means I didn't see yeah. the means this year. A lot of they run the costume contest. A lot of those are crossovers. Like there was a Disney Star Trek, like Disney Princesses oh, Star yeah. Trek crossover. I saw Princess Jayla this year. I yeah, think. that was like Frozen Jayla. Mindy, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's really neat. I think the crossover stuff is fun, you know. But in the end, like we're just we're there to have fun. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, it does not hurt you in any way for someone else to come as the Pope. I don't know. 
Um, oh, that's a good oh my Pope god! Going. I am cosplaying as the Pope, man. Well, deep cut. We've had the Spanish Inquisition before. They came. There was a Spanish Inquisition cosplayed. Well, that works speed. because because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition at a Star Trek <laughs> event. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, it's it's we we are supposed to be you know one of the most accepting communities out there. So I mean that's that's it right there, yeah. and I I don't I don't get and I don't support why other people can't just let it go and say does it affect you in any way? No, so let ever let people do what they want. I agree. I'm totally doing Pope Gorn next year. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, any thoughts? Well, first off, Ian, I just want to say, Ian, thank you so much for reminding me about the Kaylee cosplay because that of all the costumes I saw the whole time that's the, probably the one that i got the most excited about and was the most enthusiastic about when i saw someone wearing it because i just it was so perfect and again the yeah. woman who was doing it she really looked like jewel state mm. the whole it was just this like perfect it just totally worked for me i don't know how you could look at it and not be delighted exactly <laughs> it yeah was it so was good. just so it was so happy it was like it was it was really great and yeah, she was playing as as Trip's, you know, ancestor or progeny or whatever, the child of Kaylee and, and Charles Tucker Trip the third. Yeah, I thought it absolutely worked. Yeah, I, I'm I agree with Heather that it harms no one. It doesn't get in the way of enjoying the Star Trek convention if some people are not are dressed as non Star Trek cosplay characters. If I had a bunch of other costumes of other genres in my closet, I probably would not bring them to a Star Trek convention. Not because I think it's wrong to do so, but because, I don't know, I would just... Well, frankly, I I get kind of exhausted wearing lots of cosplay all weekend long. Like, I, Heather, I don't know how you do it. And <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, also, <sighs> you this year going back to your room and putting a costume on for an hour or two and then changing back. I am just way too lazy to do that. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it because, again, I get kind of overwhelmed by cosplay sort of easily in terms of me wearing it myself. But, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, the only thing that I might be kind of grumpy about is if there were like 400 stormtroopers or some huge yeah. number where it was like people trying to kind of like and like spoil the Star Trek party. And, again, it would have to be a really specific scenario mm. and like – a whole bunch of people like way more people than i've ever seen put together wearing non-star trek stuff and again it wouldn't bother me that they enjoyed star wars it, but it would feel a little bit like a rivalry that went from being a fun rivalry to actually kind of mean-spirited that's the mm -hmm. only thing that would bother me and i've never seen that or anything remotely yeah. close to it so yeah i really wouldn't you know we don't want any kind of offensive cosplay um and it above and beyond oh there are star wars people but just Which you know i don't mind yeah no and we've had like there i think the the chewbacca person that lives in vegas they've shown up plenty of years before um and we had an r2d2 there this year mm -hmm. um I, you know that i think i i adore r2d2 so that and r2 liked me too so it was so much fun <laughs> So, yeah, I just think, you know, generally anything that's like mocking Star Trek fans, anything like that, definitely just is, just don't do that because that's rude. Right. 
I just wanted to to quick shout out our our Kaylee friend is Kareen. Um, so oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, your costume was amazing, and I love it. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think you and, and Claire definitely hit the nail on the head there. That it's um, it's intent that really matters with that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And if there's and if there's any sort of malice behind that, then yeah, I think that would be the line that it would cross that I would have I would have a problem with. Oh, and I saw someone dressed in a Galaxy Quest uniform this year, and oh, Christine, that was amazing. Uh, also, that and that was so subtle and perfect, and just that I I meant to go up to that woman. I don't know her, but I meant to go up to her and say something, but I never did. But um, yeah, that was Christine yeah. Rideout uh, at Starfleet Mall on Twitter. Oh, nice. Oh, that was Starfleet. Oh, yep. I do I do know her on Twitter. <laughs> oh, well, okay, that was a great costume as well. I was really kind of surprised um, to see that there were a small contingent of people who seemed to have an issue with non-Star Trek cosplay. I didn't think that that would really ever be something that people would be upset about. So I'm glad that we're all in agreement that it's, it's really not a big deal to any of us. And, and I, I, don't, I really don't understand why it would be much of a big deal to anybody else. But So more convention questions. Um, I, I, know, I don't know how many panels all of us attended. I don't know what panels we attended. But... There were some really special ones because this was the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And we had some really different new guests that we haven't seen at prior conventions. I know, Claire, you're a big panel person. What was your favorite panel that you attended? Um, I'll put it, I'll, let me put a little uh, explanatory note on that. I would say I'm a big production panel person. I don't, I don't get super excited about the actors. Not that I don't dislike going to the actor panels, but I... I get most excited about the production side for whatever reason. I think this year would have to definitely be the panel that Mike and Denise Okuda did for the new edition of the Star Trek Encyclopedia. I was asked to cover that panel for Trek Corps, so I had to go to it. Had, in quotation marks. Uh, (laughs) I would have attended that one anyway. But I paid special attention during this panel because I was taking notes and things. Um, But it was a really... I mean, I, I love the Okudas. That's probably kind of weird mm. to say about people you don't know very well, but <laughs> they just seem like the nicest people. Um, and their real enthusiasm for Star Trek is so apparent anytime they, they are on a panel. And you could tell that this was a labor of love for the two of them, as well as a lot of work. I mean, no doubt about it. They worked really <laughs> hard on this thing, but they seem very pleased with the results. And um, I also have to say the questions were all really good. And that's the one thing about panels that... I always cringe at our bad audience questions. Maybe that's one reason why I like the production panels more because I feel like they have fewer opportunities for quote unquote bad audience questions because you're kind of asking the right people, the really obscure questions in those cases. Um, But yeah, I I enjoyed that one a lot. What's your favorite audience question? Mine. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite audience question is from season three. It's the 14th episode. But yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite X should just sort of be excluded from now on from the audience question pool. Um, But if you're going to ask a super obscure question about why a character did a certain thing in a certain episode in a certain season of a certain series, ask it of the writers, not the actor who played the character. Please. The end. Yeah. (laughs) And that uh, on that subject and on that panel, I asked it was about how um, Memory Alpha may or may not have played a role in 
the making of the new edition of the uh, of the encyclopedia because that's something that that had emerged since the last edition, and it was you know it kind of filled the void of well we don't have new editions of this coming out all the time and uh, so I was just really curious about that and and, and uh, thank you for that by the way the ans- your question and the answer that it spawned made it into the article that Trekcore posted so thank you for that Ian oh cool. And, and and just like there were a lot of really really good questions I thought um, in mm-hmm. that panel. So favorite panel, Ian? Uh, my favorite panel, boy, I don't know. There were there were a few good ones. I did really enjoy the Trimbles. Be yeah, that was a good one. Um, and and I even got to meet them later, and they're just like the nicest people. They're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're just hilarious. One of the things that I've always been fascinated with, probably because my dad was, you know, like a first generation Trekker, was the 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 whole kind of early days of Star Trek fandom and um, getting to hear from people who not only were a part of that, but were like a really big and important part of that was a real treat for me. You know, one of the panels that I thought was really exceptional and this this really displays the magic that can happen at a Star Trek convention. It was kind of obscure. There was this one guy that was on one episode of Enterprise and got to do an entire panel. Oh, yeah, that appearance. guy. Did you see that one? Right. I did. Yeah, was, the, one, uh... the one who was cosplaying as Steve Jobs? Yeah, yes. no, that's a guy. That guy. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, you know, if he can do a yeah, panel. Like John. Yeah, if he can do a panel about that, then I, I think any of us yeah. could do a panel. Yeah. That was really exceptional. Maybe yeah. we could track that guy down. I, and and I got to yeah. say, uh, the the questions from the audience in that one were really really good. Oh, hardcore absolutely. deep cut questions. Yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't also uh, work on a Voyager or Next Generation or you know right. any of the other ones. <laughs> mm. I didn't get to ask him if he would eat a knob at night, but uh... I told him afterwards that I was supposed to ask him that and that I chickened out and. Um, it's okay. Yeah. It's always next year. It's always <laughs> next year. <laughs> Heather, any favorite panels that you attended? So this year, I think I got maybe maybe an hour's worth of all of the panels together. So yeah, so I basically got bits and pieces of maybe three panels. Um, the one with the Trimbles, I saw part of that. I sat on the, the Mission Log one for a little bit. And uh Above and beyond, I've been a huge fan of the women in Star Trek panels um, <laughs> that are run by a lot of really amazing women that I'm, I'm really happy to call friends. And this year, they were on the main stage. Um, it was the first year that they got to be on the, the main Nimoy stage. So walking in and, and seeing that and seeing the audience and seeing Beto Tremble and Kate Mulgrew on stage with them was just really awesome. I was, I was really, really happy for them and just really proud to see a panel about women, about feminism on that main stage. We need more of that. What I would like to see are panels focused on how Star Trek has explored subjects like gender and gender identity, sexuality, disabilities, and other sociological issues that are still found in our world today. There's such a plethora of podcasts out there doing exactly that. And I think featuring those types of discussions are far more valuable than some of the repeat panels creation brings back every year. And I'm trying to think, I think it was like the the ladies of DS9 where we had um, Terry Farrell I'm trying to think who was on the panel. I don't think I was in the panel for the first part. Did anybody go to that? Because I'm trying to remember who else was on that. 
besides Terry Farrell. It was like Terry Farrell, uh, Nicole DeBear, and was it Nana? I think, and they were. They were basically they were talking about um, Jadzia Dax's sexuality, and Terry said that she would consider Jadzia Dax a pansexual. And as myself being a pansexual, that really effing rocked. Having somebody like that say something on a big stage like that to a big audience was pretty amazing. So those things stood out for me personally. Another obvious question, and this I don't like to go into the negative, but. Uh, least favorite convention moment. I've heard a lot of different spins on this in the Facebook group over the last few days. Uh, people, you know, talking about various things at this convention since it was sold out and there were many, many more people and there was an extra day added. Uh, what was your, what was something that you would change about the convention if you could, Claire? Oh, I was hoping it would start with me because I have to think about that. <sighs> least favorite convention moment. Gosh. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, honestly, like even a kind of a crappy Star Trek convention moment is honestly like not that bad, at least in terms of the things I saw and experienced and did. I mean, you're still at a Star Trek convention, so <laughs> it's not that bad, right? I mean, yeah, there are things I would have liked to have changed or, you know, maybe it would have been cool if someone did something different or didn't do something or there were more of something or less of something or whatever. But I mean, I, I don't remember there being a moment for me anyway, where I was like, wow, I'm really unhappy right now. So I, I can't really say that there was one. Very cool. Heather, anything? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I don't like being negative about it. I think that there are plenty of things that could be improved. And I think we'll bring that up in the group at some point because I would, I would like to touch base with creation. I sent them an email a couple of years ago. Well, basically I sent them a four page letter with a lot of recommendations that they could make. And I would encourage anybody that is going to send in their recommendations to please do it politely. Don't send it as a rant because that's not going to get you anywhere. One of those things was just talking about having a bar down at karaoke because there didn't yeah. used to be a bar. And now, you know, now everybody's upset that it's a cash bar. Well, but at least you have a bar right now, okay? Right. So, you know, I think that, you know, they've upgraded the big screens. They've upgraded the audio equipment. They've done a lot. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, I sent them these suggestions and they listened to them and did a bunch of them. Because I'm sure plenty of people sent the same suggestions. But they do listen to us. So I think I'd like to get together with the group and make up a list of things that can that can be improved. We'll see what happens with the five day thing. It's hard for me to complain about having an extra day with my friends. I know that for me, for a lot of people, like the, it didn't really feel like it was worth having the extra day. Uh, I think Wednesday, we didn't really start until late in the day. Yep. And there yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Um, and then I think Sunday was kind of a quiet day, too. And I think a lot of that just comes down to the people that they're having there and and how they arrange the panels. There, there's so much more to bring to these stages besides just these actors and the few things they talk about. I think that having the addition of that Roddenberry stage was so awesome. 
the stuff, yeah, the stuff they did on that stage was very appealing and was a lot more fun than most of the stuff they do on the others for me. You know what? That area in front of it, granted, it was small. It was almost always full. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of interest in that. And and it wasn't just people who were buying food and sitting there eating it and just happening to be in front of a stage because there were a lot of other tables for people to do that that were away from the stage yep. that pe- that people could eat at. So that there was yeah, there was a really good turnout for that just consistently. Yeah, they they did the match game, which I saw one of those, and that was fun. They just had a lot of variety there that that made it really unique and interesting and and fun. And I think that Creation needs to take note and and do some more of that. As I said before, more things like the Women in Trek panel. I, I think that bringing that content to those other stages would be really valuable. So, you know, we'll see. They said that next year is going to be five days, too. I know that for me, I need to just take it a little easier with the cosplay and everything to really enjoy those five days. But I don't know, like overall, I didn't feel like it was too many people, even though it was sold out and had this huge attendance. I didn't feel like it was overrun any, any more so than when like the panels spill out, you know, it would be great if they could move to a place that was just a little better, better set up. Uh, I know there were some issues with people with disabilities. There's no, there's no handicap section. Um, they really don't pay a whole lot of attention to, to making that a better experience for, for people. So, you know, there are a lot of things that we could talk about that we can recommend and I'll bring that up in the group at some point, but you know, overall I still walked away having, you know, the experience of a lifetime every year gets better and better for me. So, I have a hard time complaining when it's it's the place that I can be myself more than anywhere else in the universe. So I can't say bad things. Can you follow that up, Ian? The only bad part about the con for me was when it ended and when I leave. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, but I, I, that Roddenberry stage was, I, I totally agree with Heather. It was an incredibly great addition. Changed kind of the whole dynamic of the con, I think, because it made it so that I think I spent a lot less time out at bars and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I was I was actually a lot more engaged with the convention itself because, you know, maybe if there was, uh, you know, panels in the main or secondary theater that I wasn't quite into, well, there would probably still be something over there that, you know. So it, it just, yeah, it just kept me a lot more engaged. And and one of the things that I really enjoyed was they had the, um, the Wikia Memory Alpha trivia there, which... Um, if I could say there was a, a really great story that came out of it, resulting in something that I'm holding in my hand right now. <laughs> so I'd, I'd been trying uh, throughout the week to win, basically, on the trivia, because uh, one of the prizes that they had was um, was that uh, Enterprise uh, watch. You know, the one that's like the, the watch face is the saucer of the 1701. Mm-hmm. You know, the competition was pretty fierce. I got up on... It was Wednesday or Thursday I got into the, the, you know, the final round where you're up on stage and everything. And then I, you know, got second place on that. And then there was another day where I wasn't able to, like, I got pretty close but didn't didn't quite get through. And then the last day I had been trying. I was in the, the first two rounds of trivia and, you know, got pretty close. But I was like, eh, I didn't, didn't quite advance to the, you know, the final round. Because you get three opportunities throughout the day to do that. 
And so then I was, it was just the last time and it was at like the, the schedule was, uh, said four fifteen is going to be round three and they started it at four and I got there, you know, like with time to spare for four fifteen, but they were already underway. So I had lost my opportunity to go in there, but you know, all the, the trivia people, I mean, they're all friendly and everything, you know, just like you would expect. And, uh, and there was one guy and I, God, I wish I could remember his name. I mean, I can remember his face, but who was, you know, one of the, the uh, competitors and he, he beat me out for first place in one of the, the rounds earlier in that day. And uh, it was after the five-year mission show uh, when we were all standing out in the rotunda and he, you know, I hear my name, Hey Ian. And he runs up to me. And he's like, I've been looking for you. He had won first prize and he reaches into his bag and he pulls out the watch <laughs> that was that was the first prize thing. He was like, I know that you were really trying hard to get this. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, that is like you we've, you know, <laughs> only talked maybe in a, a total of an hour, yeah. you know, this whole week. And you're going out of your way for this. And it was just a really um, heartfelt and, and touching moment. And uh, and that really kind of made my con. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Some of that con magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so final question of the night, and Heather's already kind of covered her opinion on this. I kind of wanted to throw this out there too because another thing I saw in the Facebook group quite a bit. Is five days too long? Uh, Ian, what do you think? Is five days too long for you for a convention? Mm, yes and no. So I feel like uh, kind of like what I said at the beginning of the show, which is that you know, like the, the amount of time that we got to spend together was right, but maybe the convention itself <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. was a little too long. Yeah. You know, cause, cause I definitely, by the, the time the weekend was coming around, I was starting to get a little, uh, fatigued just from like the con events themselves, but I was still energized by hanging out with friends and everything. And I wanted to do that part more. And then I kept feeling, well, there's still stuff going on at the con. Oh, there's this panel I want to go to see. Yeah. You know, stuff like that that kept take, sort of pulling me away. Like that last night, you know, the Rat Pack. And everyone was like, oh, no, I don't want to go see the Rat Pack. For me, it's like one of my favorite things about the con. I enjoyed the <laughs> heck out of it last year, and I really wanted to go see it. So, you know, I, I went down. But it was like, <laughs> it was kind of the, the con itself tearing me away from my friends in that moment, which was kind of uh, uh, counterproductive. <laughs> Claire, five days too long? I have to, I agree with Ian in that the amount of time spent with friends was not too long. Maybe five days of the convention itself is too long. But what I think was really too long for me was just that amount of time in that air-conditioned, smoky, artificial casino air environment. Mm. If it was five convention days where, like, stepping outside for more than a minute or two was feasible and and the air wasn't so circulated and processed and dry and whatever i think that would have helped me sort of um not be so fatigued because honestly my i had a scratchy voice for three or four days after i came back a coworker of mine actually asked me if i lost my voice because i was screaming too much at the convention <laughs> and i was like, like for the for this like a beatles girl or something i don't know uh, and I said, no, I didn't do any screaming. This is just, I'm guessing the cigarette smoke and the artificial air and everything. That is one of the things that wore me down. I think more than anything is that just sort of that hermetically sealed, self-contained casino air, I, I guess. 
so yeah, I definitely was, was ready to be in a normal atmosphere, like, like air atmosphere, (laughs) um, after a few days. So on the one hand, I kind of like the fact that the fifth day allowed the convention it's to be a little less busy throughout all of it. I think that might be one reason that we all got to sleep in better mm, is because yeah. they didn't start stuff at 8 a.m. every day. And so I do like that a lot because I am not a morning person. But it's like four and a half days. They had four and a half days worth of content as opposed to five. So I don't know. Yeah, I can't complain. Heather, any anything to add on five days? We all say we can't complain because we love it so much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, ultimately, I think it really just comes down to the fact that I would rather go like I'm thinking about next year and what I want to do. And I think that I might actually, depending on when all of my friends come, I might go in on like Monday and then leave, leave early the next Monday morning. Cause like that Monday afternoon, Claire and I were just like, let's get out of here. <laughs> and we've done that for the last two years. We're like, let's just go to the airport. Let's get away from the smoke, away from the people, yeah, yeah. which we love the people, but by, you know, <laughs> I, it's a topic that I want to explore some more down the road. in some of our podcasts is to- talking about the social aspect of the convention. Um, I've read some things that have, have, Affected me in a way, talking about how, you know, certain groups have cliques and people have difficult times integrating into those cliques um, or cliques, however you want to say it. There's just a lot going on. And for a lot of us who are introverts, we get overwhelmed really quickly. And I really want to talk about just the dynamic in general, because, you know, on this podcast, we, we largely have people within our Star Trek family that are kind of like the core people that return. And we're going to do what we can to bring in some of the people that we've met, some of our listeners. We'll bring back our vendors and whatnot. For me, this experience is no longer about the convention itself. It's not about the guests. It's not about the panels for the most part. It's about my Star Trek family. And among us, you know, we've got a group of like 10 to 20 of us and our group changes. Like our group changes every year. There are core people. There are new people that get brought in. There are people that don't come every year. Um, So it's, it's a fluid group, but in the end we have this small type family. And then outside of that, there are other people that I'm very close to that I still consider my Star Trek family and then outside of that, like it, the circles get bigger and bigger. But in the end, there are, you know, 6,000 people at this convention. We can't know everybody. And so even though like I talk about this convention being a family experience for me, it's not a family experience for anyone. So I, I, for everyone. So I really just want to explore the overall dynamic, um, which I'm still processing and still thinking about <laughs> a lot of this. But the bottom line is that I I won't have any problem coming and staying for a week and hanging out with my friends. There, no matter what I do, there's still not enough time to see all the people that I want to see. And so I will happily go and stay there for a week if that means that I get to spend the quality time with my little close-knit family and then quality time with people who are friends and acquaintances that I, I just never get enough time for. It's impossible to see everybody. There are people who I did not even see that I know and wanted to see, and I just never even saw them. 
Like yeah. how does how does that happen, right? <laughs> um, right. <laughs> so for me, I'm I'm happy to come and spend the time. I think for the convention itself, for it to really be a five day convention, they need to add a lot more content, um, and that will be something that I recommend in this letter that I eventually plan to write. So that those are my final thoughts, and uh, we'll get back hopefully, to you later. <laughs> hopefully, with the new series premiering in January, there will be a whole bunch of fresh new content possibilities mm-hmm. yes. for next year. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily the actors. I mean, that would be amazing, but. You know, not everybody, not all the actors want to go to these things. But in terms of, you know, fan, fan generated panels, where it's people talking about yes, the new series. I mean, for me, this will that that will be the first time that I will ever have gone to a Star Trek convention with when there's actually a Star Trek television series airing. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when so I think for a lot of people, yeah, um, that might be true, or or one of the only times they'll have gone to one because Enterprise ended what two thousand five, two thousand four, five, yeah, something like that. Uh, two thousand five. Yeah. So that's a while back. So this could breathe fresh new life into the the content side of the panel. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think we talked about that at the convention and and that possibility and and having that that new influx of of people and topics and subjects and I know that from what we've seen come out about the new series, you know, Brian Fuller is he's gay. There's going to be a gay character. It's important for for him to make the show progressive. Um so I'm I'm trying to not to get my hopes up too high. But I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to have a female captain again. I'd love to see a, a captain of color. I just I really want to see the the message of diversity accept and acceptance um, live on in this new series. And I think that bringing in topics like that would be very, very valuable. And these fan run panels specifically, we've had different ones throughout the year. We've had. Um, people from the Star Trek experience come in and talk about that. There was one about um, fans that have been in the military and mm-hmm. how, you know, the military works into Star Trek and whatnot. I think that really exploring social issues, um, that's why I love Star Trek, you know. <laughs> and I think that having discussions, having panels about that would just would be really amazing. I'm more interested in that than in seeing people that, that come every single year. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I hope that we see it. If not, then I know I'm going to have a great time with, with my people having room parties. (laughs) There was a really cool panel on the Roddenberry stage this year about, uh, it was led by a fan who was from Mexico and it was all about what what it was like in the nineties being a Star Trek fan in Mexico where, uh, Next Generation didn't get aired at it, it was aired at like two or three in the morning, right? And because the whatever the Mexican channels were that could syndicate it just felt like there wouldn't be any audience for it, and so it was essentially like being a fan of like Plan Nine from Outer Space or some really <laughs> bad midnight movie fair type science fiction. That was kind of I don't know perception of Star Trek at the time. And so it was a really interesting panel from this guy who was just sort of basically talking about the fact that he had to struggle uphill to get his Star Trek fix because mm-hmm. it was just so hard to come by and just really not socially accepted at all, you know, more so than it was in the United States in the 90s when it also you were kind of 
<laughs> it wasn't nearly as amazing as it is now to be a Star Trek fan. Right. I think back then for anyone, anywhere, but it was especially bad for this guy. And um, yeah, that's a panel that I think never would have made it onto the main stage or the secondary stage uh, in previous years. So I'm really glad that the Roddenberry panel was there to let this guy give a really, really interesting talk that honestly I had ne- I never would have thought about it from that perspective before. This mm-hmm. idea of Star Trek airing at different times or being more more or less difficult to come by. It was it was really great. I missed that. You know, and I wanted to see it and I missed it, so I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> you you know it's it's, it's funny you, you you mentioned um how being into TNG, you know, here in in the United States wasn't uh you know as as sort of um I guess you could say, right? Because, you know, all of us, we remember that time. Yeah, We're yeah. at least that old, right? Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, to be a Trekkie was kind of a... Um, the geeks hadn't won the Earth yet. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, but then at the same time, I, like, I'm, I'm trying to reconcile that with the fact that, you know, sort of at, in its heyday, Next Generation was like the number one show on television. It was yeah. huge. And so it's, it's kind of funny how loving this thing that apparently... You know, everyone else loved was still not kind of widely accepted, and 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 sort of how that's changed now is really, uh, really interesting. And I and I think you're right that having the new series um, in this new climate, where the the geeks have inherited the earth, that's going to be really interesting to see. I I, I kind of can't wait. Agree. <laughs> so, I guess that's a, a good place to start to wrap it up. Uh, we've been we've been at this for almost ninety minutes now, and I'm sure we'll have several more shore leave episodes <laughs> dedicated to the 2016 50th anniversary convention. So um, before we close up, how about we go around the horn and tell people where they can find out more about us on social media? Heather, let's start with you. I'm on Twitter as Sketching Venus, and then I am one of the three administrators of the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas Convention Group on Facebook. You can find me through there, and that's it. Okay, Admiral Claire Little. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm uh, Isolinear Chick. That's Chick, C-H-I-C-K, not Chip, C-H-I-P. And um, that's really my only social media presence. I'm on Steam. If you're a gamer, <laughs> hey, that's like the only <laughs> other place you can find me. Same handle, Isolinear Chick. Where they just yeah. got trade wins. Sorry to interrupt, but... Oh, I know! Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy, Ian, this guy worked QA on a game that I wasted a lot of time on college in. Like, a lot. Which is kind of a small world. And and yeah. you're on a ship right now. So the guy who's actually on a ship worked on this game set on ships. But, yeah. Anyway. Sorry. sorry. And you actually you had actual... You actually had shore leave, didn't you? You're the only one who had right. actual shore leave to go to the convention. It, it, yeah, I had to get. I had to. I had to put in a request for the government yes. to give me time off so that I could go to the convention. Yes, which is pretty great. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Ian, how about yourself? Oh, sorry, Claire. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm at. Ian128K on Twitter, Facebook, which I'm not on nearly as often, uh, facebook.com slash ENJ, like the letter J, Adams. Uh, and then I'm also working on a, um, a Star Trek parody comic. If you want to follow that, follow along with that. It's at in the Starfleet on Twitter. And I guess now I could say uh, at TTT underscore pod. <laughs> yeah, you definitely yes, can. Yes, 
Yes. So, uh, <laughs> look for Ian very, very soon. Uh, on the tricordertransmissions.com, you can find out all about all of our different series, including Shore Leave and all of the other ones on our website. We're also on Facebook at the Tricorder Transmission. Oh, and as Ian said on Twitter, TTT underscore pod. Uh, we also have some merchandise up on redbubble.com. Yes. If you go there and uh, check out the Tricorder Transmissions. And there's also a link to the store from the website. We have all kinds of stuff for you. And there'll be some new designs coming up very soon that we're currently working on getting out there for some of our different series. So keep an eye out for those. And I'm also, if you if you want to, it'll be very cool if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show, go over to iTunes and, and leave us a review. We have several different feeds available for you. Shore Leave, of course, has its own feed. If you're just interested in Shore Leave, you could leave a review for that. Uh, our main feed is the Tricorder Transmissions that has all of our shows commingled together in its own feed. You can also leave a review there. We would absolutely love to hear it. And you can also catch us with us on our on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear it. If you have any suggestions about things that you'd like to hear, uh, we'd love to hear those too. So thanks, of course, for tuning in as always. And we'll be back again next week with another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Recording's still going, by the way. Oh, Oh, you got to leave that in. that's not awkward. Oh, I'm totally going (laughs) to. That's our new closing theme. (laughs) 